Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hormonal Mama podcast. I am your host, Kara Drescher, and today on the show, I am talking with Estelle Coombe-Keith. Estelle is a transformational life and health coach and cognitive behavioral therapist. We are specifically focusing today on an eating disorder, and we are specifically focusing on binge eating. We are talking about Estelle's personal struggle with binge eating and the point where she knew she needed help, she needed to make a change. So if you or anyone you know has ever struggled with an eating disorder, this is the episode for you. Estelle breaks it down and she talks with her own personal and professional experience to help you deal with your struggle. So you won't wanna miss this one. Stick around. I'll see you in a minute. Hi, Estelle. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you, and I just want to thank you for being here with me. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Cara. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad. I've really been looking forward to this for a while. Um, I think that you have such a wonderful mission and the work that you do, I just think is incredible and so needed. And I'm really excited to talk to you about it today and learn more about all this incredible work that you do and, you know, where it all came from. So I think a really good starting point here is to sort of talk about you and, you know, where this whole business of yours started. I know that you've overcome two eating disorders emotional eating, body dysmorphia, that's a lot to deal with. And you've overcome all of this and how incredible to get, you know, to just go through that and come out the other side like you have. And I just would love to know a bit more about that experience and how going through all of that has affected you and where you're at now in your life and in your business. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we'll be here for a while. So I'll try and (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) I'll try and give you the short version. No problem. Long (laughs) version, short version, whatever. (laughs) So, you know, I I did a little calculation the other day and I was trying to figure out how long I really struggled with food issues and um, issues with my body. And it came down to probably like two decades. So like, almost half my life mm-hmm. um and I'm giving away my age but like That's, listen I, just... <laughs> I give away my age all the time I'm I'm gonna be 42 soon so no yeah, shame I'm here. turning 41 next or this year so I get it totally get it <laughs> <laughs> and in that time I've been on over 25 different diets wow some of those diets I've repeated many many times um some of those ones were like a one hit wonder Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've I've been through, I think what a lot of women experience is just like, you know, trying to figure out what is wrong with me. Yep. I can relate to that. <laughs> Why can't I get this thing with food right? Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> but yeah, so I would say, you know, my real struggles where I kind of felt it more intensely was about 13 years of struggling where mm-hmm. I went from and this is when I roughly started working um, for my first corporate job, actually second corporate job. The the hours were ridiculous. They really um, they they were slave drivers. Yeah, <laughs> I did awful. not get paid that's enough for awful. what I was doing. I'd arrive at seven in the morning and sometimes only leave at twelve p.m. at night. And 
through that process, I just lived off coffee and cigarettes back in the day I used to smoke. And um, so I'd get home at night and I would obviously binge eat, like, because I've had no time to read the day. It was highly stressful. I'm exhausted. Um, my husband now, we were just, uh, we just started dating. He realized, geez, this chick can eat. So he started cooking me more and more food and I just ate more and more as it mm-hmm. kind of went, you know, right, to totally. the point where like one night I finished a whole chicken by myself and I'm like, wow, this is, this is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And so, so from there, my journey started, I, I figured, well, this is not healthy. I need to need to do something about this. Uh, so that's where I went back into caring about my body and caring about my health. Mm-hmm. Um, went on a nice healthy eating plan, started running, uh, and I fell into the eat less, run more story that we all know about nowadays we from do. the diet industry. Unfortunately. <laughs> so, so here we are. Um, I'm cycling through these things, but my binge eating is still there. Um, you know it's not as frequent it's not every day but my binge eating still crops up every second week every third week I don't understand what's going on I start blaming food so it must be sugar obviously sugar is always the villain all the time (laughs) so cut that out okay no that doesn't work because then I'm back on binge eating like a whole bunch of stuff okay no um maybe it's carbohydrates let's do the whole keto thing or whatever the case is back in the day whatever was fashionable (laughs) yeah that's true well said Whatever is fashionable, <laughs> how it goes. And still, like, still there's the binge eating. And so everything I tried, the binge eating was still like a kind of a, kind of a, you know, undercurrent in my life. And I didn't realize that that was more problem. I kept thinking, well, food is the problem. And uh, yeah, um, I kind of just got stricter and stricter. 2015 I had a blood clot in my brain Mm. up until this point I was running 60 to 100 kilometers a week I'd run some days to the gym work out for two hours and run home um the blood clot was obviously not related to my over exercise but um I had to stop exercising Mm. And I was sitting in the hospital bed and this is where I realized something was wrong with me. I've just been given this diagnosis of you have a blood clot in your brain. Mm -hmm. It's serious. And I'm thinking about how crap this is because yeah, I'm dealing with this blood clot, but now I have to deal with eating hospital food, which I don't know what's in there. I can't tell what oil they use to cook it. I don't know how many calories are in there. I, you know, it's not the food that I normally eat. Right. And they're bringing me all this food. I don't eat all this food. Like, totally. So I had that. And then I wasn't allowed to go and run. So oh, that's wow. when I realized, Del, there's an issue here. You yeah. have just been told that you have this life threatening thing mm-hmm. and you worried about food and burning it off. <laughs> like- of course, because that's always what happens when it's this life altering event. <laughs> And you're still like on that path and you think, wait, something's just not right here. Oh, wow. That's a lot to, to handle really. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I realized 
so up until this point i thought you know you know my my eating and and my obsession with eating healthy and my obsession with running and everything was normal like that's just what people do mm-hmm. uh even though most of my friends said you're crazy you're doing too much and i said no you rest when you're dead <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> uh, so that's when i actually realized wow i this is more than just dieting and being healthy this is an obsession I need to try and figure out what this is um and it it took me a while to plug up the guts to go and see someone because you know it's what do you do like we all women we're successful or you know we we carry on in our lives how can you how can you not have something as simple as eating right you know right oh of course I mean I totally get that it it Cause it's one of those things where you seem like you think to yourself, this is what I need to survive. And there's still something not quite adding up. What? Yeah, yeah. It's so frustrating. I mean, that's an <laughs> easy word to use. It's a lot more than frustrating, but yeah. 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 So I decided to go see a, a psychologist. Good for you. And she, you know, because my symptoms were not as severe as the textbook, mm-hmm. uh, but she never asked me if I exercise or makeup for my binge eating um she just kind of dismissed my symptoms and said no well you just need to manage your anxiety better you've just been through a trauma and that's probably why you're overeating and you'll be fine (laughs) and Uh... I was like oh okay um I then went to see a dietitian and after a few weeks I'm like I'm unfortunately I'm you know giving into my cravings again those were not that was the verbiage I used back then it was just I'm fighting these cravings and she's like, well, you're just going to have to be more disciplined. And I'm like, well, well thanks. Yeah, that's not really helpful. That's I am disciplined. You know, this yeah. is, here's my food log that I so diligently track. So you can see that I'm disciplined. And like, because, I mean, I used to track my fitness pal, the Weight Watchers app. I had an Excel spreadsheet where I just tracked my calories. And then I had a different Excel spreadsheet where I tracked my runs and the calories I've burnt on that, um, which I also entered into my fitness pal and to the mm. other, other apps. So I'm Because <laughs> you know, you know, I'm disciplined. Look, check it yeah. out. Oh, gosh, that's so frustrating to just yeah. get yeah. terrible and advice. So, yeah. So that's pretty much like where I was. I felt stuck. I felt like there was something severely wrong with me. Um, kind of like everyone had like no one had these issues they didn't obsess about thinking about food they weren't thinking about how to make up for food they just went about their day and here's me uh, like seriously there's something wrong with me if a psychologist and a dietitian can't help me then you know (laughs) oh it's so (laughs) incredibly annoying it's got to be so stressful too I mean I I don't have firsthand experience, so I can't relate completely, but I can relate to issues with anxiety and depression and being blown off and being told, oh, you're fine, you're overreacting or, or whatever it is. And that's like a punch in the gut Mm. for lack of better words, but yeah. Yeah. I get get what you mean. And like a lot of GPs and doctors have often said to me you need to manage your stress and I'm like thanks but there's no guides there's no the how-to because I don't think they even like you know I I don't want to assume but I don't think they really have the resources to help people manage with the stress (laughs) you are correct (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) so upsetting yeah so 
through this journey, I realized um, I did a mind power course, like also back in 2016. And I realized I, um, through that process, I, I'm not passionate. I was a business analyst. I'm not passionate about data or systems or whatever the case is. I'm actually passionate about wanting to help people, um, help people be healthy. And back then I thought, well, I want them to be like me, uh-huh. <laughs> eat less, run more, exactly. <laughs> you know, be obsessive. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Cause that's what, what, that was my norm. And I thought, well, you know, this is what it takes uh-huh. um, to, to, you know, stay in the body I was. Um, and then the binge eating, you just deal with it and run a little bit extra kind of thing. Exactly. Make up for it. Mm. and uh yeah so I, I went to study um uh, health coaching and unfortunately that made my symptoms even worse because now all of a sudden I need to be an example for mm. my future clients I have right. to live the dream and eat perfectly um, and that's where my orthorexia developed was the fact that now um we were handed this signature cleanse from, from the health coaching world. And they're like, well, this is something you can help your clients with. And I, I took that as the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is how you eat. Um, and yeah, that just kind of, that orthorexia just kept triggering the binge eating and the binge eating would set off the orthorexia again. So it was like a vicious cycle oh, continued with, with the, um, with so and my worst day ever was um 2018 so this like there was a long period between me actually you know um understanding that there's an issue to me finding finding the right person um 2018 I actually listened to someone who was who who attended my health coaching school but she had a lot of eating disorder and disordered eating knowledge and she Mm -hmm. was talking about that and I was like a lot of what this chick says makes sense. Like I do that and I do that. And oh my gosh, yes. I think about food constantly. It's like, I can't think, I can't do anything else. Like it's just all consuming. And so I actually, I knew about her and I, my worst night ever, I, my husband was away and I, like I already went through like a whole thing of binge foods. I stopped at McDonald's what they call Maccas here in Australia. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so stopped at Maccas, got a whole m- more food than I would normally eat. And I thought, well, I'll eat this tomorrow um, as well because hubby's away and I ate everything. I also stopped at the supermarket, ate more, got more snacks, ate all that. I ended up clearing up my pantry, mm. eating absolutely everything that was in there. I even made a dough, a cookie dough and just ate it raw. Like yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy. And I felt so sick. So I felt wow. hopeless. Um, and I was sitting on the floor, just in pain, like so drained. And I was hugging my dog, Kaiser, crying. And I just said, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I can't. And that's when I reached out to this woman um, and we had a chat and she helped me eventually. She coached me through um, my eating disorders and getting on, on the right track. That's great. And yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it's so tough to go through that. You, you use the word hopeless, right? Yeah. And that's what it feels like when you're so 
you know, you said a bunch of things that, that even though I haven't been through it, I can relate to with other things that all consuming that obsessive thought, you know, process thinking about food all the time and just getting to that point, like you said, that, that hopeless place where you're just like, well, what now? Cause yeah. you know, and so that's just so fantastic that you found that help eventually. I mean, I can't believe, not that I can't believe, but can't believe that you, you endured going to see, you know, the psychologist and the doctor and the dietitian and, and nobody's really helping you. Yeah. You know, they're just sort of like, oh, you're fine. I hear that just as a side note, I hear that so often from women going through anything, really like mm. anything that's not the norm and and they struggle because no one takes them seriously and they just blow them off and they're just like oh you just gotta do this you'll be fine and it's yeah. it's not like that it runs a lot mm-hmm. deeper than that it does oh, yeah gosh Absolutely. I interrupted you there I'm sorry <laughs> no worries no like as I said this is a, a long story <laughs> but that's good <laughs> I it, it's part of who you are and I like that so yeah eventually so through my coaching journey, I, you know, I never actually thought that I would help people with binge eating. I thought I would just help people with general health. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I realized, and my coach actually said to me, Stell, you've got so many gifts because I'm a yoga teacher as well. Um, I studied yoga and energy healing. And so she's like, you've got all these gifts and you've been using them through your recovery. Like, that's so unique to you. Like, why don't you... I mean, yeah. Like, and you've been through binge eating. You know it firsthand. Right. I think this is where you need to specialize, you know? And she kind of lit a light bulb in me. And I thought, yeah, absolutely. If I can make a difference in just one person's life, then that would be amazing. It's life-changing to just <laughs> even... I, I totally get that. You just want... You can help one person. Oh, it just changes your whole life. Yeah. I think that's yeah. awesome that, that you're, you know, that, that you teach yoga and the energy healing. And, and I particularly am excited about that because my background is as a massage therapist. I've spent the past 20 years as a licensed massage therapist and licensed esthetician. And I find it really exciting to connect with people who are in similar you know, fields have similar experience, even though yes, yoga and massage are different. Energy healing is different, but they, they intersect a lot. Yes. So that's really exciting to me, just as a side note. <laughs> I really love that. I wrote it down for myself because I was so excited. I put a big exclamation point, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's because we, we, we both work with bodies, you know, exactly. and there's also the, um, the energy body. So both of them, yoga and energy medicine, like and massage therapy you work with the body but also the energy body as well so yes (laughs) so awesome I love that I think that is so I think you know I like that your coach saw that in you and said look at what you can do to help people because you know what you're not the only one that's something that is so I, I remind people I remind myself I remind clients all the time you're not the only one you're not alone in this and when you can take this traumatic experience that you've been through and help other people go through their own version of this traumatic experience. How incredible. 
Yeah. Incredible. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Um, Sorry if I interrupted you. Again. no no uh, all good I always do that. <laughs> I, I talk I, I listen and then I'm like oh my goodness and then I think oh wait a minute <laughs> no, no I love your energy it's amazing I'm very I'm very excitable person <laughs> that's why I have a podcast because I'm so excited all the oh, time awesome. but anyway continue uh, what you were saying please uh, yeah, well, I think I'm almost to, towards the end of my, my journey. I, well, take I your time. Of, There's no rush. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of evolved. My, my mission now is to actually help a million women um, have a better relationship with food and their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been published as an author. Uh, I wrote a food and mood journal. Um, so that's, that's really, really exciting. That is so um, exciting. I've got two books coming out. So like, I think they almost... It's weird how the universe works. Uh, in 2021, early 2021, I said I'm writing a book. Um, I ended up writing, contributing to two books. Amazing. So, and both wow. of them talk about um, their collaborations with other people. But my first book is to do with, um, I call the chapter The Sacred Body Awakening, where it's just reconnecting with your body. And the second book was a, um, a a contribution to the Energy Healing Magazine's new book called The World of Energy Healing. And there I talk about how you can heal your relationship with food through yoga and energy healing. So, so I, <laughs> Wow, you've had a great year. That's yeah. amazing. Congrats on, yeah. on both of those. That's a big deal. And that is oh, so exciting. And I do, I want to just, I don't want to interrupt you, but I want to talk more about healing your relationship with food. Yes. Um, but again, I don't want to interrupt your story because no, no, it's such a powerful it's, story. Let's talk about it. I'm sure yes. everyone would want to know. I mean, because food is such a complicated thing. Um, and I think it tends to be more complicated. I'm not discounting men at all. I just think it tends to be more complicated for women. Um, and I just think it's an important topic, especially, well, especially for women talking about our relationship with food and, and it's a very complicated topic. So let's talk about it. You know, let's talk how, how can one heal their relationship with food? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, um, I think the, the first thing we need to understand is that there is a relationship with food um I don't know maybe because of the way my the way I was with food I didn't want to have a relationship with food I try to avoid food as much as possible because I felt it was triggering so for many people maybe they know they have a relationship with food but I think the first thing is to acknowledge that there is a relationship we coexist we can't live without food and the more we try and label food as good or bad or you know Mm -hmm. like or um, fear certain foods unfortunately we're going to feel unsafe in that relationship same with you know if you feel feel fear in a in a human relationship then unfortunately we 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 won't ever feel comfortable to open up or whatever the case is so So what I also teach my clients is how to be safe and feel safe with food. And a lot of this is 
going against the the, the norm of what the the dieting world has to say about food you know there's mm-hmm. they they take mm-hmm. it too far you know yes, they it's, do <laughs> I couldn't agree more so I mean uh, yes eat your vegetables and you know exercise and do all those things but don't villainize certain foods because you don't know if um every person is different and if you just listen to what other people are saying you're creating this fear you're creating cortisol in your body uh, and already you're putting yourself in on the back foot your metabolism will slow down just by fearing what you eat yeah <laughs> so absolutely. fearing what you eat I mean gosh I don't think anyone has ever said it better than that yeah because that's exactly what happened. write that down too that's amazing yeah. I mean that should be like somehow in your tagline or something I'm not saying you should I'm just saying fearing what you eat is it's just such a powerful term because I I mean for me personally I have a complicated relationship with food I always have I have had body image issues up until only the past couple of years have has that sort of I don't want to say dissipated because you know I'm human and for me it I don't think it'll ever go away, but there has been many or have been many times in my life where I just do have this fear of food simply because what's it going to do? What's it going to, mm-hmm. how's it going to sit in my body? What, what What's, what's going to be the end result of this? And yeah, that's just such a difficult, difficult place to be. I love that yeah. you just said that. Oh my goodness. Yes. I hope you wrote that down for yourself. Yeah, I absolutely did. <laughs> good. good. Little gem there. <laughs> yes, it is for sure. It's amazing how we say these things and then we're like, whoa, I said that. Wow. <laughs> and it is. I'm, I just, I love it. Anyway. So, so yeah, the first, the first thing is to make peace with food. And I know that's, that is why a lot of people need coaching because that is not an easy thing to do, especially mm-hmm. if that's your belief system or your paradigm that you've been brought up with for your entire life you know and we can't help not think that because that's what we see in here every day in the media in our inbox on you know social media like it's it's just constantly there reaffirming that belief and reaffirming that fear um so making peace with food it's harder than it you know easier Uh said or harder said than done right (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) and so that's number one Number two is um, what I talk about is um, kindness or, you know, bringing compassion to yourself and Mm -hmm. your food choices, knowing that, especially as women, at different times of our cycle, we require more or less food or the energy content of the food needs to change. However, we always want to be perfect and eat the lettuce and you know, and the boiled chicken, like every single day. No, our bodies are different. So being kind to the days where you do have a little bit more food and take the judgment out of it because that's probably what your body needs. Take the judgment (laughs) out of it. You're so right. Oh my goodness. I'm writing that one down too. I'm going to have to put all of these in quotes. Oh, amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Amazing. You're just so right. 
So yeah, that's that's step number two. Um, you know, that's a sense of kindness and. I think also coming from a space of compassion where understanding that we we all human and at some or other point, every single person who's interviewed me on a podcast or every single person I've spoken to on social media or however I speak to, to them, they all end up telling me when I t- they find out what I do, they end up telling me when they've they've had issues or um there's very few who said oh I've never had a problem with food Mm -hmm. I think I've only had one person who's ever said that to me and I was like wow okay you're like a gem yes (laughs) where did you come from are you an alien (laughs) that's awesome so so compassion understanding that food issues and leaning onto food first of all we've been conditioned that food is part of our culture. We celebrate with food, we mourn with food, we, you know, we get consoled with food. So it's okay if you lean on food at difficult times. Like it's a human experience. Don't be hard on yourself. Take the guilt out. (laughs) Gosh, you are like, you are dropping a lot of, a lot of gems here. I need to chat to you more often because I feel like this is just like conversation. <laughs> I love flowing. it. I'm so excited here because it's like everything you're saying is so, I can't think of the right word. I'm, I want, I want, like, I can feel the word. I know what I'm trying to say here and I can't think of it, but it's mind opening, if you will, because, <laughs> you know, it, it, you hear these things and you think to yourself, that makes so much sense. Why, why didn't I think of that before? Like, and and this is coming from someone who has, like I said, always had a complicated relationship with food. And for me, the complication is I love to eat. Food is like, I love food, but there's always been this, but I'm not thin enough. And I love this food, but I can't eat it because it's, you know, it's going to make me fat. And then what? And then this, and then that, and, you yeah. know, it's, it's just... I don't even know where I was going with that, but it's really empowering to hear you talking about all these things and, and wording it in such beautiful ways. I just, thank you. Love it. I'm so excited. Amazing. It really is. And, and, you know, and I, and I think it's important because I think people often forget, you know, that while food is, you know, the thing we need in order to survive other than water, it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. It, it is, you know, that it, it's not as simple as, okay, I get up, I have to eat this, I have to eat that, and then I'll go to sleep and tomorrow I'll wake up and I have to eat this and I have to eat that yeah. and then I'll go, you know what I mean? It, it isn't. There's a whole relationship behind it. And, and, that's, and, and that's what I like about talking about healing the relationship with food because it's, it's in a lot of ways... I'm going to say this, it might sound weird. So different than our relationships with people, yeah. you know, it's, it's, of course, it's a little bit different because we're not cannibals. We don't eat each yeah. other, but you get my <laughs> point, you know, like, well, they also, you know, there's some people who do that, but that's, yeah. that's a good point. That's, that's an excellent that's point. Another podcast episode. <laughs> that's a whole different conversation, <laughs> but it's, it's something super important. And it kind of brings me to another thing I wanted to talk to you about which is becoming a body image role model for your children. Cause that's something 
so important, I think, you know, as someone who has had body image issues and has, you know, people in my family who have body image issues, I think it's something super important to be able to think about, okay, for my children, what can I do to be a better role model for them? You know, like I have two kids, I have a son and I have a daughter and, you know, something my husband frequently reminds me of is that, you know, men have body image issues too, image issues too. They're different, but they're not any easier. It's different because our bodies are different and our society, and I mean, globally, our society, you know, men and women are different and, and everything in between. And I just, I just think that's a really important conversation to have is, you know, how, how can I do this for my children? How can I be a better role model in terms of body image? Yeah. Look, I mean, if we want to really break the, the, the body stigma world we live in, that, that starts with us and the conversations we have um, verbally, but also how we look at ourselves in the mirror. Um, you know, um, I, one of my clients in particular, we were kind of unraveling where her language came about because she used to just always call herself a fat pig. And I'm like, where did this come from? Like, and we were talking about body image and everything else. And she's like, well, I remember when I was three, I was standing um, in my mom's bedroom and she was in front of the mirror looking at herself sideways and looking at her belly and saying gosh I'm such a fat pig and that's what she heard every single day until she just believed that's like that oh if mom's that then I must be the same (laughs) you know so unfortunately you know like children are like sponges so whatever we say whether it's in conversation with a friend or whether it's conversation we're having to ourselves not thinking the kids are around um they pick that up so whether and and, I mean I'm not saying you need to have a perfect body image before you can have that conversation because you know we're all going to struggle with body image um you know for me it's it's been a lot of work but you know I think there are days where I'm one not 100% happy with my body either other days I'm more comfortable and currently I'm, I'm extremely happy where I am and it's not because my body changed it's just that's just the, what it is yeah. so first of all just watching what we say and also what we do you know like I've like so many little kids nowadays are talking about diets my niece is six and oh. the other day she offered me a chocolate it was over easter or it was almost a year ago she offered me chocolate and we've been eating quite a bit of chocolates and i was just like oh my gosh i've had enough and she's like oh are you on a diet and i'm like no i'm not on a diet she's, she's like oh yeah my friend at school is on a diet i mean she's she's six and her friend is on a diet that uh, makes me so sad right now to hear that that actually like physically upsets my stomach to hear that yeah so I mean this is what they hear and this is the conversations they are having with their little friends at school so it really I think that the age is just younger. I mean, I think we only started talking about dieting at the age of maybe 12. That's the exact age I was just going to say. <laughs> right before you said it, I was thinking probably about 12. 
yeah but that conversation is now a much younger at a much younger age so like and in saying that also you know I think I didn't grow up with social media like I was born in the 80s like there was no social media so I can't blame social media it it has aggravated everything um but I grew up um I don't know if it's it's if it's the same in the states but I grew up in South Africa what they used to do with magazines is they would put them at children's height (laughs) (laughs) this is before they realized that sweets work better at at that height that they make more sales (laughs) but the the magazines would be there with some some lady who's lost a few kilos She's standing there in her bikini and the headline would say, I am so much happier now. Mm. So the message we get is, oh, well, I always have to be on a diet because then I will be happy. Exactly. And a lot of my body image issues came from reading magazines and reading how how models, this is how I started smoking, just so by the way, uh, I read in, a, in I think Elle magazine that some model maintained her weight by eating very little and smoking cigarettes <laughs> to suppress her appetite. I feel like well. we might have read the same article <laughs> because I remember being younger, I must have been a teenager, and I, you know, I remember vividly always thinking, okay, I think because I remember reading an article where I think the girl talked about how she just ate lettuce all day yeah and that was how she was so thin and and smoking her cigarettes and drinking her coffee and I remember being like that sounds horrible but is that what I need to do if I'm gonna look like that because I mean that's what they make you think yeah and like I, I just for for a very long time particularly in my 30s and now in my 40s I've thought so much about what it was like to be a young girl and young teenager and young woman and be surrounded, like you said, by the magazines. They're the ones that get you. It's not even, the, mm. at least for me, it's not even on TV that gets me. It's always yeah. the magazines that did it. And, and all of them, it was the same thing as always the girls in their bikinis and me thinking, I want to look at that. I remember being at the beach my parents used to have a house at the beach and I remember going into my favorite store it was very like hippie style and I loved it and I remember seeing this bikini top it was like this real small like triangle bikini and like it was really pretty but I remember looking at it and I must have been 13 14 I couldn't have been any older than that and I remember looking at it and thinking I'll never be skinny enough to wear that. And I just stood there feeling sad because (laughs) I like, I knew I was never as thin as my mom and my sister. They're very petite and I'm, I'm not petite, but I'm pretty small. But to me, I was huge and there was Mm. no way I could ever, that I, that I was ever going to be able to wear a bikini and especially not one like that. And it breaks my heart now to think like, I was a kid. Why was I even thinking about that anyway? Because every magazine, whether it's for teenagers, like 17 magazine, it's the same thing. There's always Mm. this nonsense in there. And it really tricks you into thinking you're not, you're not good enough because you're not thin like this model. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's just, you're just not. And 
Oh, God, yeah. that upsets me so much. So, I, and yeah, absolutely. So we had the magazines. Unfortunately, now um, kids have social media um, and everything else, which, yep. you know. Um, so we need to kind of, and I hate using this, but, you know, censor what we look at yeah. so, that the, so that our kids don't see that I totally in a way. Like... <laughs> I, I love that you're saying this because you're saying it in such a way that makes sense to me that I wouldn't have even thought about because you're yeah. so right you know you were talking about kids are sponges right and it's true and and like we all know that and everybody's really aware but you don't really always think about it like I didn't realize until very recently that my little two and a half year olds everything that comes out of my mouth eventually comes out of their mouth yeah and it's really (laughs) shocking especially when you think of the things that you may have said like like when I'm having a down moment or something and I say really negative things about myself and I think to myself my kids are hearing this Mm -hmm. that's not okay and it's exactly the same thing with our bodies yeah oh you're so (laughs) speaking to my soul here this is I'm trying to keep oh from gosh, getting like teary-eyed here, <laughs> but it's, it's such an important conversation. Um, I want to ask you something and it's about supporting someone with disordered eating, because I think, I think there's two very important sides and that's being someone who is recovering from an eating disorder and learning how to treat their body and take care of their body and I want to use the phrase love their body but I know that that is complicated and that is Mm -hmm. very difficult and is not as straightforward as your body's beautiful and you should love it okay great thanks for the words but (laughs) that means nothing to me you know like yeah but there's the other side of it which is supporting those people that we love who are going through something so difficult and I think it's a really, really important thing to, to understand how to support someone. How Mm -hmm. can we provide the support to someone going through disordered eating who needs support? Because we all need support when we're going through difficult things, traumatic events, you know, all kinds of things. So, so let's talk about that for a minute. What, what can we do? What can we do to support people that we love? Yeah, I think the the first thing is to have the conversation with them mm-hmm. be prepared that you'll probably get met with resistance or I don't have a problem like in my world I was I'm like I I'm fine I'm this is normal this is what everyone should be doing yeah. um <laughs> so okay. but you know just having a open conversation with them I think is is, is a good place to start just figure out like well, look are you okay like can I help you in some way um, and let them know that this is not about judgment. So don't spring it on them. <laughs> I think um, make sure that it's a good time to have the chat, uh, but also let them know that there are resources out there that can help them. So I think when we come with, with, with love and from a space of um, genuine support and care, um, that will go a, a long way, um, but also be prepared that they might be shut down and there might be um, denial. And yeah, for sure. 
but that conversation might just trigger something in them to go oh wow like me I didn't until I heard my my coach talk about issues like you know disordered eating I didn't think that that was I didn't think I had an eating disorder Uh so just having that conversation might actually allow the the person to stop and think and go wow okay maybe there is something deeper than me just struggling with staying disciplined on my eating plan or me just getting on the scale every day hoping it's different or you know whatever me abusing laxatives or you know whatever the story is there like it is it is a hard one um unfortunately um but I think mostly just being supportive having the conversation and also like we were just talking about the body image role model remove any language that could be triggering you know like we could be sitting like at a restaurant having a conversation as friends about our bodies or how we're not happy about it and someone next to us might just not even part of the conversation might just hear what we're saying and that could be triggering for them so again it's it's yeah like you don't know what our we don't know what what we um what what happens in someone else's mind when we actually say something and another thing we can also do is find compliments that are not body related Mm, (laughs) yes oh I like that and I was stumped at thinking about well how can I compliment someone if I don't start with the you look Mm -hmm. and finish the sentence like it it really really stumped me and I had to really think hard but like I started complimenting people in other ways like um I feel like gosh she's so organized thank you for meeting at, at this time or whatever the case is um or you know if I still if someone's dress is amazing I'm like gosh that dress is beautiful like it's, it looks, uh, and again, then I, I'm using the word look, but it's just mm-hmm. like... But it's different. It, it's different. You know I'm not mean? trying to say, oh, well, have it you have you. you lost weight? Right. Or, like, what's going on? Like, you, you know, um, or, you know, if I, I really feel like someone is looking confident, I might say, well, you look radiant or you look, you know, you just... Such a good so. word. <laughs> it is because, because it doesn't talk about their actual looks or their body it's the it's it's the oh gosh I can't think of the word it's the mm, I can't think of the word I hate when I can't think of a word you know what I'm saying yeah they're exuding something and that has nothing to do with how their body looks it's just ah I love it I love it and I love the word radiant I've always loved that word (laughs) but but I mean it's it's so true because you could have two people wearing the same dress and probably the same size body and one person might feel extremely confident and the other person might not and you people can pick up that difference in 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 that perspective as well so yeah it's it's not always about the size or what we wear and yeah so I'm still struggling to build that vocabulary and that tool to compliment people um in in different in different ways um I'm still learning a bit there's a 
um, I'm just trying to think of the author, but she wrote the book, um, My Body is Not an Apology. And in her workbook, she has a whole bunch of um, ideas of how to compliment someone not to do with their body. Mm -hmm. And I'm still trying to find some of those that will work in a general conversation when you meet up with your friend. And as women, we want to compliment each other, but like, it's so... Like, I think the, the first thing we just want to say is, well, you know, let, let's compliment on the first thing we see. And that's usually obviously the external. It's much harder to go, well, gosh, you're such a loving friend. Like, totally. I mean, you're, you're right. It is. It's, it's tricky. But gosh, what, what a smart approach so that, you know, it, it, it becomes more about who you are and not yeah. how you look. Hmm. I'm not sure if that's exactly what I mean, but that's, that's the thing is I, cause I think a lot of, a lot of body image issues, a lot of the time it's, it's not totally centered around your entire body. It can be very centered just around like your face. Yeah. For example, how, how does my face look? Am I as pretty as that girl? Am I as pretty as that girl? And (laughs) It's, it's just, there's something about looking deeper and remembering that who you are is the important part, not, not how you look. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I actually, there was this, oh, sorry. Uh, No, you're fine. There was this quote and I'm hoping I can um, just remember it, but it went something like, I don't know if you said this, but I'm terrible. I always remember the quote, but I never remember who actually. <laughs> I have that same problem. <laughs> I have the exact same problem. And I'm like, wait, what? I know this. Can't remember. And then um, I look it up later. <laughs> so they pretty much said, um, no one cared what Marie Curie weighed when she invented penicillin. When she died, no one said, oh, well, she weighed um 50 kilos her whole life woohoo well done you know and she she you know she invented penicillin no no one cared no one had anything to say about her body I don't even know what she looks like I, mm-hmm. I but I know who she is because right. of what she did and <laughs> exactly. I think that's where we we need to get to is stop looking at the exterior and start looking at what what really matters totally agree with you and you're so right I mean to yell at you I'm very very excited I'm very excited um all right Estelle yes I'm loving this conversation but let's switch gears for a minute yeah sure let's talk some more fun stuff absolutely this is the point in my interview where I like to ask some some fun questions I ask all of my guests these questions and I just love them so I'm going to give you two questions you can answer in whichever order you like The first question is, who are three people who have had the most influence, the most inspiration in your life? That's number one. And number two, which is my absolute favorite, if you could have a dinner party or, um, I don't know, let's say a walk on the beach or a walk in a park or whatever activity you enjoy, if you could have this gathering, let's call it a gathering, with three people, dead or alive, fictional or real, uh, they don't have to be human. So that's why I put he- people in quotes. They can be characters from a book. They can be cartoon characters. They can be 
uh, spirits, ghosts, I don't care. Anything you want, anything goes in this question. This is a very, it can be a very difficult question to answer. So those, and, and the floor is yours, get creative. You don't have to get creative, whatever it is. So those are your two questions, your inspiration people and your people you're going to hang out with. Who okay, would those awesome. three be and why? Okay, beautiful. Well, um, I think the first influential person for me is um, Gabrielle Bernstein. Mm, I just her. love the fact that, you know, she she came from like a real big struggle with her um, drug addiction. And, you know, she also had food and body issues along the way. But, you know, she's just kind of um, turned her life around and she can openly with confidence talk about it. Um, you know, she's just so passionate about helping people. And I absolutely love that about her. So that's number one. Um, number two is, is my coach who actually helped me like, you know, she's, she's not anyone, she's not a celebrity. She's actually quite shy. And, um, but you know, she helped me see, she really, Help me to unlearn everything that I've learned and believed about my body and about diets and everything else. And like, oh, like, oh, I almost want to get teary. <laughs> I, I um, totally get that because <laughs> the right coach is life changing. Yeah. And Absolutely. like, because of her, my life is so different. Like, and yeah, I'll always be indebted with her. Like, you know, um, so that's person number two <laughs> and then person number three is is my dad my my dad recently passed away uh, last year but you know he also he was an entrepreneur he never gave up um and I think I get a lot of those kind of traits from him um yeah so he kind of I didn't know it at the time I never knew that I'd be an entrepreneur but as I stepped into owning my own business he really kind of started you know I'd really kind of admire what he used to like be as, as an entrepreneur so yeah those are those are awesome I love that and they all make so much sense I mean it's a very personal question so yeah it makes sense or don't doesn't matter <laughs> I think those are really, really awesome. And then who well, are your three gathering people? My gathering people is going to be like a weird, like a freak show, really. It's like. always weird. And that's why I love asking this because it's always strange. <laughs> always. So, I mean, what is a fictional one? Or, well, I think they're not. One, one's no longer here and one is still alive, but also mm-hmm. quite quirky. So like... The first one is there'll definitely be a unicorn there. Absolutely. Mm, like I just, like just there's no, no doubt about it. Whether love that it. unicorn can speak or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, it will be there I love uh, because that. in my mind, they exist. Mm-hmm, um, Louise Hay, which unfortunately she's passed, but like I draw a lot of, um, you know, inspiration from her. I like, you know, I do a lot of my healings. I I'm bring in the emotional stuff and I draw on what she had to do on her work. And I just think she's just such, um, such an example of saying, hey, we've got so many medical problems, but they're actually not medical. They are actually emotional. Um, 
wake up world yeah, totally <laughs> um yeah so I love I love her stuff um on the last person you might laugh but Johnny Depp <laughs> why would I laugh come on I love that only because I had a massive crush on him when I was oh, yeah. obviously younger I mean, but I just on. really admire his his quirkiness and uh-huh. just his talent and I would just gosh love to have a conversation with him and just find out how like you know about his life and how he gets into these roles and if he's actually if he is really like the roles that he plays yeah that would be. I totally that's it's not weird to me in the slightest bit if I'm being perfectly honest I think it makes so much sense and I think that's awesome and I love him too so oh there we go well what you it, you're welcome to come to my little get together with these I three. would love to be at that gathering and let me let me tell you something when you said unicorn I am so on board with that. And I'm going to tell you why. Last year, I did an episode of my podcast where I interviewed myself and I asked myself all the same questions that I asked my guests, Yeah. which by the way, was so weird and so much fun at the same time. <laughs> and I asked myself this question, who would be at my dinner party? And it occurred to me that I would invite a dragonfly because I love dragonflies. I have a fascination, Aww. obsession, love of dragonflies. Beautiful. So for me... Your answer of unicorn, I was like, yes, yes, love it. I love it. I mean, that's such a cool gathering and it's not a freak show at all. I love it. I totally (laughs) would sit there and be like, this is amazing. This is the best gathering I've ever been to in my life. Oh my goodness. I want to do this again tomorrow. (laughs) So my very last question for you, Estelle, is where can our listeners connect with you learn more about you how can they find you oh uh, awesome so uh, first of all I also have a podcast called beyond overeating by wholesome lifestyle projects so um if yeah if if you are struggling with your eating um if you feel embarrassed about your eating eating habits or you you know you've got a problem with binge eating um I obviously give a, a lot of advice on on there um, I'm also my whole, um, website is wholesomelifestyleproject.com and I'm also on Instagram wholesome lifestyle project I'm just writing it down for myself I love it I'll put that in the show notes I am so excited Estelle I I really want to a thank you so much for being here with me today But I also want to thank you for sharing such a personal, incredible story. You've been through so much and you've completely turned your life around in a way where you're making such a difference in people's lives. And I think that's incredible. And I think that is amazing and beautiful and words that I don't even know exist. That's how inspired I feel. So Thank you for doing the work that you do. And thank you for being here with me and sharing about it. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a great pleasure to um, be here. And you made it really easy to chat and talk about it. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. (laughs) 